The following message is from the North Shore Christian Centre MP3 Audio Lounge. More information about North Shore Christian Centre is available at www.nscc.org.au. If you have your Bibles, would you open up to Psalm 34, verses 17 to 19. Can you put um, photo number 6 up, if you can, just photo number 6, which is the, the Jewish kids with their flags. If you can find that and just put that up. Psalm 34, 17 to 19. This is what it says. It says, The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears, and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near. Everybody say, the Lord is near. To those who have a broken heart, and saves such as have a contrite heart. And then you have the good news and the bad news scripture. How many of you know the good news and the bad news? How many of you ever had someone say to you, ah, by the way, there's good news and there's bad news. What do you want first? How many of you go for the good news first and then the bad news second? How many of you go for the bad news first and the good news second? Well, this is exactly what it's like here. The bad news comes first. And here it is. There's some bad news and some good news. Well, what's the bad news? The bad news is this. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. How many of you think that's bad news? Many, it doesn't say some, it says many are the afflictions of the righteous. In other words, there's bad news. There's afflictions coming your way. You're either in affliction or you've come out of affliction or even worse news, you're about to go into affliction. But uh, you're either one of the, you said, man, I wanted to be encouraged this morning. And you've given me this. Well, the good news is this, is the next part of the verse. is is the good news part. But the Lord delivers them out of them all. How many of you think that's a great way to finish? Many of the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. I couldn't think of anything more afflicting than I'll switch. I, I, I couldn't think of, it really impacted me I, you know there's times in your life where you're deeply impacted and this is one of those times for me I was deeply impacted how can you walk on the site where more murders took place than anywhere else on earth in human history and not be moved 1.1 million people were terminated incinerated and then discarded it was a human killing factory let not us mince our words that's what it was but you know the thing that moved me to tears and literally to tears was seeing on that site of utter horror these young people flying their flags I was moved I was moved I was moved that and 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 what moved me was that these young people who were descendants of those murdered had a message we're alive and we're prospering and we're remembering and honoring our forebears and we're flying the flags of the country that we now belong to. Now what those people that died at Auschwitz did not know that by them shedding their blood, Israel for the first time in nearly 2,000 years would have their own homeland. When when General Titus in the year 70 AD decimated Jerusalem and basically took the country away from the Jewish people, they had to wait until 1948 to have once again their own country, their own homeland. 
And I honestly believe that the reason they actually got their homeland was because the world somehow wanted to make amends for the six million Jews that were murdered during the Second World War. And I really believe that that was a catalyst that gave Israel their homeland. And today they're fighting for it. They're fighting for just to keep peace in their country. And, uh, and it is a complicated thing, and I'm not wanting to enter into the politics of it. All that I'm wanting to say is this, that when God says many the afflictions of the righteous, but he delivers them out of, the, out of them all, this to me was an incredible sign of people being freed from their afflictions and on the ground where their forefathers were buried, these young people were flying flags saying, we remember you and we're living a life to honor you. God turned this whole thing around. And I was moved by it because it was death on one angle, but life at another angle. There was incredible grief on one end, but incredible celebration at the other end. There's nothing more celebratory than flying the flag of your country on the place of death. And that's impacted me enormously. So what I want to do to you today is this, is to say to you that you will have affliction. But I want to share with you three very simple points on how to navigate out of affliction. How many of you want to know? Very simply, affliction's going to come your way, but how do you navigate out of it? Well, here it is. Simply, three very simple points. How to navigate out of your affliction. Number one, you've got to stay close to God. You've got to stay close to God. The righteous cry out and the Lord hears them. The righteous cry out and the Lord hears them. What does that mean? It means you need to stay close enough to God so he can hear you when you cry out. It's not, it's, folks, this is, the, the Lord is saying here that he is near to those who have a broken heart. But don't you step away so that God is far from you. You've got to stay close to God in your time of affliction. I don't know how many people run from God at their time of affliction rather than running to God. I don't know how many people blame God for their affliction rather than saying, God, affliction happens to the good, the bad, and the indifferent. But rather than running away from you, I'm going to run to you. How many people do you know that in their times of, of affliction blame God? And they say, God, if you were powerful, you wouldn't let this happen to me. I can tell you this, God is powerful, but his word says that affliction is going to come to everyone. Trouble is going to come to everyone. And the fact is, you're either in trouble now, or you've just come out of trouble, or you're about to get into trouble. One of the three is yours, and it's part of life, and it's part of what happens on this planet. Now, you can get into positive confession, and you can say, hey, everybody else is in trouble, but I'm just not here. It's like the guy that happened to find himself in hell. He says, well, you might be in hell, but I'm not here. And it's like, you can try to confess it away if you want to, but the fact is it doesn't change the reality of the scenario. So let me share with you very quickly how to stay close to God when you're going through affliction. Four simple points, how to stay close to God. Number one, by waiting on Him. Isaiah 40, 31 says, But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Just to wait on the Lord. What does it mean to wait on the Lord? It just means to be quiet and exchange your strength with his strength. When you're in affliction, how many of you know that you don't have much strength? 
Matter of fact, when you're in affliction, it's even hard to pray. And so notice my first point is not, to get close to God, you've got to pray more. have got to pray more. got to pray more. You know, well, some people have got the ability to pray more when they're in affliction. But you know what? I'm saying to you, just wait on him. Just get into his presence and just say, God, I'm just so weak. I need an exchange. I need a transfusion. I need your strength to come into me. And just exchange strengths. That's what waiting on the Lord is. And the Lord promises you that when you wait on the Lord, he will renew your strength. What does that imply? That implies that you don't have strength in order to have your strength renewed. And when you're in affliction, it's not that you've got a lot of strength. And so you wait on the Lord. Secondly, see yourself in Christ. So stay, by staying close to God, you see yourself in Christ. Ephesians 2.6 says, By grace you have been saved and raised up together and made to sit together in the heavenly places in Christ. So one of the most beautiful things that you can see is yourself in Christ. See, you can either see yourself in affliction or you can see yourself in Christ. It's your perspective. Because either way, it's real. Affliction and Christ, both are real. But what happens is this, is that your affliction is physical, your position is spiritual. And so you can either just look with your physical eyes and close your spiritual eyes, or you can open both your physical eyes and your spiritual eyes. And so yes, you can see yourself in affliction, but then spiritually you can also see yourself in Christ. And I find that so many people allow their physical affliction to blind them from seeing spiritually and seeing where you are seated. And what a wonderful thing it is to wait on God. And as you're waiting on God, He lifts up your gaze from the things of this world to the things out of this world. And as your gaze is lifted up, you see yourself seated in heavenly places in Christ. And you see that this thing is only temporary. It's passing. It's coming. It's going. It's got a use-by date. It's a temporary affliction, not a permanent affliction. It's temporary trouble, not permanent trouble. Because you are seated in the heavenly place in Christ. Come on, can anybody get excited about that? Or is it just me? Number three, how do you stay close to God when going through affliction? By obeying his word. Come on. Jesus said in John 14, 15, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. See, one, one of the easiest things to do when you're in affliction is just to make up your own rules rather than... Than, than, than abiding by God's word. And I tell you, when you abide by God's word, you will outlast your tribulation. You will outlast it. See, one of the things that God tells us to do in affliction is to forgive people, is to forgive those that have allowed us to get into conflict. And, and uh, you know, let me tell you, it's just a very powerful thing when you forgive. It's a very powerful thing. Just this week, we got uh, uh, an email from Yusuf Sarks, who's one of our missionaries, who just went to the Sudan to minister. And he was preaching on forgiveness. And, and he was saying that, that this young man came up to him when he was preaching on forgiveness and said, I literally saw soldiers killing my mum." 
And I vowed and declared that I was going to join the army just so that I could find these soldiers and kill them. And he lived with this hatred towards these men all of his life until he heard Yusuf, one of our missionaries, go all the way to the Sudan. Just think about that. One of the people in whom we're investing, one of the people that we're supporting as a a missionary, someone who carries the word of God, is sent to the Sudan. And you know, by Yusuf going to the Sudan, you went there with him. You that support missions, you went with him. And you were able to to support Yusuf into speaking this word to this young man and releasing him from the burden. He said, he said, brother, brother Yusuf, he says, when I heard this message and I said, I forgive these men that killed my mother. It was like a stone that I'd been carrying all of my life came off me and I feel free like I've never felt free before. How awesome is that? You know, when I read that email, I thought, Yusuf, what a champion you are. But then I thought, North Shore Christian Center, what champions you are for supporting people like Yusuf and sending them to places that you could never go and ministering to people that you would never, ever have contact with and showing them that God's word is powerful and God's word applies in every situation. Obedience to his word. It's paramount when you're going through affliction. It's paramount obedience to his word just you know for me I I just live by this principle because when you go through affliction sometimes you just can't hear God speaking and so I live by the principle I just keep doing the last thing that God told me to do just keep doing the last thing God told me to do and and if anything changes I'll be the first to know the other thing that I do when I'm in affliction is that I remember what one of my mentors who's now passed away used to teach me Frank Houston used to have this famous line and I used to meet with Frank regularly when he was still alive and uh, and he would say this don't get out of the train when it's in the tunnel how many of you remember Frank saying that and does don't get out of the train when it's in the tunnel in other words when you're going through affliction and everything seems dark don't change directions Don't get out of the train when it's in a dark place. Wait for it to come out of the tunnel so you can see clearly. Because when you see clearly, you can make good decisions. When you can't see clearly, you'll always make bad decisions. So wait for the train to come out of the tunnel. I really believe this, that if you live by God's word and you obey God's word, you'll come out of your affliction by staying close to God. It's principle number one. And uh, here it is. The fourth thing in staying close to God when you're going through affliction is just through worship. Just worship. Just worship. Worship. I love what Job did when he entered into his affliction. He gets all this news. Get a hold of this. Imagine one day waking up and here you are, an incredibly wealthy man, surrounded by all of your children. They're all married. They're all fantastic people. You wake up one day. And by the end of the day, you've heard that all of your riches are gone and all of your family is dead. I mean, can you imagine the grief of that? And you know what the Bible tells us in Job chapter 1 verse 20? This is what Job, four things he does. Job arose. This is what it says. And then Job tore his robe. It was a sign of grief. He arose. He tore his robe. Then he shaved his head. Then he falls to the ground. 
And what do you think he does after he rises, tears his robe, shaves his head, and then falls to the ground? What's the next thing the Bible tells us he does? He worships. Man, that is just so powerful. So powerful. I don't know about you, but I don't know, I don't know how keen I'd be doing. I'd be, I'd be into worshiping on that day. Maybe later on, maybe next Sunday, but on that day, the Bible tells us that Job worshipped. And I tell you, it's one of the greatest ways of staying close to God is just to worship, is to enter into worship. You know, and I, I love, I, I try to surround myself with worship when I'm in the car, when I'm in my office, just, just surround myself with worship music, just to have that atmosphere of worship happening. When I'm preparing messages, I just surround myself with worship. I, I, you know, and, and sometimes says, how can you study with that music happening, with that worship happening? And I said, that just, it just feeds my spirit. That's the way that I am. It just feeds my spirit. I love to worship. So, so here it is, how to navigate out of affliction. Number one, stay close to God. And I just shared with you some principles of staying close to God. Number two, if you want to navigate out of affliction is this, stay close to godly people. Everybody say godly people. See, see, it's one thing to stay close to God. It's another thing to stay close to godly people. One of the enemy's traps for you when you're in affliction is for you to isolate yourself. He will do everything possible to cut you off from godly people. He doesn't mind you hanging around with ungodly people. Matter of fact, when you're in affliction, I guarantee there's someone knocking at your door. They're a cult member or they're, a, they're, they're an old friend from way back or anyone to take you away from God. And when you're feeling bad, those people will turn up. They are plants of the enemy to draw you away from God. But godly people are the people that are consistent. Godly people are those whose lives match up. There's, there's, there's congruity with what they say and what they do. Godly people, find them. Have them in your life. Make sure that they're there to encourage you when you're going through your incredible affliction. Don't separate from, un, from godly people, but separate yourself to godly people. This is what it says in Proverbs 18 verse 1. A person who isolates themselves seeks their own desire. They rage against all wise wisdom. If you're isolating yourself, you're raging against wise wisdom. Don't isolate yourself. See, when you're going through affliction, when you're going through a trial, when you're going through a difficult time, this is what happens is this is that you actually have an emotional perspective on your trial. You can't have an affliction and not get emotionally involved. So what you need is a godly person who is unemotional, who can see it from an unemotional perspective. Now understand this. Now, if it's a godly person, of course they're going to feel for you, but they're they can separate themselves from the emotions and see realistically and see in a godly way. And you need people that can do that in your life. If you surround yourself constantly with emotion, 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 emotion clouds the reality of the situation. Don't ever allow affliction to blind you and separate you from godly people. The third thing I want to say, and I'm nearly finished, is this. 
If you want to navigate your way through affliction, stay close to godly people. Stay close to God. And thirdly, and I'm finishing with this, give it time. Give it time. I love that verse. The righteous cry out and the Lord hears them and he delivers them out of their trouble. Many of the afflictions are the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. The Lord will deliver you, but it's in his time. How many of you remember the song? In his time, in his time, he makes all things beautiful in his time. Time is an amazing thing. Why is that? Because we don't have much of it, but God's got all of it. And so for us, we're always in a rush because we don't have much time. But God makes all things beautiful in his time. He delivers you out of all of your affliction in his time. We want it, to, we want it yesterday. How many of you can say amen to that? We want everything done yesterday. But God has timing. Timing. Chris was preaching two weeks ago on 10 years. 10 years from his affliction to his restoration. 10 years. You know what? It doesn't seem like much now because you're through it. But when you're going through it, it seems like an eternity. 10 years. What affliction are you going through right now? Because God promises that in his time, you'll come out of it. Not only will you come out of it, but you will learn from it and it will make you a bigger person. There's such a thing as the power of time. And you need to understand that time has power. But its power can either be positive or negative. See, time's power can either be a healing to you or a hurting to you. Time can either heal you or hurt you, depending on how you approach it. See, what happens is this, and and I just want you to get this before I finish. If you stay close to God and godly people, then when you give something time, the affliction that created the wound will heal, but it'll heal clean because you haven't poisoned it with all the rubbish. But if you don't stay close to God and you don't stay close to godly people, then in time, it will fester and become an open wound. And so what I've noticed in life, I've seen, I've seen people through time, they get sweeter. And then I've seen other people through time, they get bitter. And you've got to make a choice as to when you go onto that journey of time, whether you allow God to stay close to you and clean you on the inside and just keep you sweet on the inside and you obey his word and you worship and you wait upon him and you get lost in him and the sweetness just penetrates into your bones and you come out the other end. Yes, you come out with a scar. There'll always be a scar to remind you of your affliction. But when the scar is healthy, you can touch it, you can poke it, and there's no reaction. But then on the other hand, some people go through the process of time. They haven't stayed close to God. They haven't obeyed His Word. And rather than sweetness in their bones, there's bitterness in their bones. 
And this scar is a very different scar because it's a scar that is still a wound that, that, that if you start poking around there, you're going to get reactions and you're going to get manifestations and you're going to get all sorts of stuff because they've still got all that junk that they've never let go of, carried through with them. And God doesn't want that to happen to you. He wants to allow time to heal you, for you to come out the other end just sweet, 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 saying, yes, many of the afflictions, but God's delivered me out of them all. Yes, I can look back over my life. And I look back over 53 years and I say, God, many of the afflictions of the righteous. And, and yeah, I've come out of some. I'm in some. I'm, I'm about to go through some. But Lord, I'm going to stay close to you. I'm going to stay close to godly people. And I'm going to allow time to cause me to be sweet, not bitter. And you'll come out the other end totally set free by the love of God. Thanks for listening to this message from the North Shore Christian Centre Audio Lounge. We invite you to visit us online at www.nscc.org.au. Through our website, you can keep up to date with what's happening in the life of our church in Chatswood, New South Wales, as well as accessing other free resource materials. 